I was almost free. I was almost free. I'd rid myself of these chains. Made way to leave St. Louis. On a greener pasture, it's quite literally as I hear the grass really is greener on the Colorado side. Denver, to be exact. But that's when the grass shows. And it's not just the frequent snows. I was living for the moment, for the life, for the strife and the pain and hurt and loss, the victories, the accomplishments, the goals I'd made and achieved just leading me up to this moment when I could, I could leave. I could find a new life start afresh, a new realize my greater purpose and go through strife and turmoil and all that junk in between. And in the meantime, but still realize my true purpose and actualize myself. My sight that leads me to understand my fate, actualize, visualize, no more. The only way it's no longer because now I would be who I was supposed to be. But I was thwarted. I did have to return to St. Louis, but I want to tell you about the actual ridiculously racist encounter I had um, at Lambert International Airport when leaving St. Louis. So I'll tell you the whole story because it's a pretty cool story and we don't know who might be watching. So I might keep out some awesome details but (laughs) here goes okay so my mother drops me off at the airport you know she's crying unfortunately she's saying you know goodbye to her daughter as she flies away far far away to hopefully greener pastures and they actually were just a little spoiler alert but um, they weren't at the same time. Um, so I, you know, she's crying because, you know, we at the time we both were homeless and living in hotels and with friends and, you know, um, that compiled with, you know, trying to fight for justice for my brother. And then, um, you know, Um, also compile on top of that, you know, what happened with her and my stepfather, and then, and still happening, um, and then, and it was so immediate at that point, and then, on top of that, I'm leaving, and I'm going to 
Denver, Colorado. So she, of course, was very distraught and it hit her in that moment. And you know, I gave her a hug and everything and we said our goodbyes. And I went back to around the car to a bench, one of the bench shelters that they had. It was very cold in St. Louis still at that time. And um, um, I, uh, so I waited at the bus stop and this guy came into the um, shelter area um, about 10, 15, 20 minutes after she left. And um, I offered him, I have a six, a six case of beer and my mom had dropped me off like hours and hours. It was like seven or eight hours before the uh, plane was leaving. So I um, planned to just drink the beer before I went to the, you know, to go get on the flight and everything. Um, so I offered him one just because I had six and, you know, I was like, you know, I'm probably not gonna drink all six of these and get plain drunk and shit, but who knows? <laughs> but um, that would've been cool though. But um, I was in a good state nonetheless though. But um, so, we're chilling, we hit it off pretty well. I, you know, as I always do, tried to show him some of my music and get him interested so he could, so I could get another subscriber and um, follower and stuff. And he loved it. Kind of find out he does music, doesn't everyone nowadays. <laughs> and uh, he was pretty good though. He was pretty good, I, did, I liked what he had to offer. But um, uh, it was really cool. And we ended up um, connecting. Um, he told me about a book later on when we were smoking um, in the parking lot um, because the guy kept telling us, you know, um, you can't smoke cigarettes over here when we're at the bus bench or whatever. Um, so, what do you call it? Um, he's telling me about this book on the stairwell or whatever um, of um, this bear um, and this Native American boy who was a part of the tribe and um, some other things had happened and um, I won't get into all of that. Long story short, um, it did seem very interesting, obviously, because I remember it. I could tell you more about it, but, you know, that'd be uh, kind of a tangent. But, um, so, he stays with me the entire time. Um, and then uh, walks me to TSA, and then I go to TSA, and then I um, leave to, you know, make that turn from TSA to the left to go to uh, down the hall to where all the flight spots, you know, pickup spots are. So, you know, in that hall, you pass a lot of restaurants and like cafes and bars and stuff. And um, I, my flight was delayed by like two or three hours. So um, I ended up going to go get a drink from the bar. I walk in to the bar behind a, immediately behind a young blonde woman who looked to be about my age, 26, 27. She sets her laptop atop the bar, gets herself, um, you know, um, situated on her stool at the bar and the bartender who's, you know, a white guy, kind of looked like a jock, to be honest, 
Um, he was very um, pleasant with her. He gave her like the red carpet rollout treatment, you know, that you would expect to, uh, someone to give, um, someone who works for an establishment to give someone interning, a customer. I am, you know, I make my way up to the bar between this older white woman who's like, she's not old or anything, she's just older. Um, I'm gonna be so mad when I get to that point where people are calling me older, <laughs> that older black woman or whatever <laughs> And then I'll be like, damn, I just walked right into it, huh? But, um, what do you call it? Yeah, um, and then, um, on the, on my right, she was on my left, and on my right was, um, a middle-aged black woman. She looked like she was between my age and her mid-thirties. So, I go up, I'm not sitting at the bar, I'm just holding the bar stool chair back or whatever and I'm holding my suitcase simultaneously you know the um the what do you call that thing that you use to pull it the um handle is not <laughs> the handle was uh pulled out and it was just straight up so I was holding it as well as one does when in an airport and you know, I didn't want to get situated because I was going to ask if I could get a, a beer to go, um, like a canned beer or something. And I was just going to go because I like to drink and smoke at the same time. So I wanted a cigarette, more than one, while I drank. And um, before I could get any of that out, as, he's a, as he looks over to me to acknowledge me, he tilts his head to the, to the right, I believe, in a very like matter of fact like you know what are you doing here kind of way um or oh it's you kind of way and then he trudges he literally trudged over to me i imagined snow beneath his feet as he walked over to where i was um on his side of the bar but i was of course not on his side so he's standing across the bar from me and he tilts his head again, the other way. And then it's like, yes. And I'm like, you know, my my neck goes back and everything, my head goes back. Cause I'm just like, ooh, you know, like, what is this? So the guy just immediately gives me attitude. He is, you know, unbeknownst to me, looking for trouble. And I'm taking a lot of time to process what I do, what I, you know, I'm going to do, uh, what he's saying to me, how is he, is this really happening? As he proceeds to, you know, the entire time, uninterrupted by me, say, um, um, well, look, you know, I mean, he points over to the white girl and compares me to the white girl and says, you know, that basically I didn't give him the greeting um, that uh, she gave him. She she greeted him when he said, you know, what what did you expect? She she said something when she came in. You didn't even say anything. So what did you what did you expect? And I was just like, 
thinking to myself, what is he talking about? Like, number one, she didn't say anything. He kept talking to her. Probably liked her. Number two, what do you mean? I didn't, you know, um, think last time I checked, you just say hello to people. You know what I'm saying? When they in, when they're a customer and they enter an establishment, why else are they here? Waiting at the bar, one hand on the stool and one hand on their suitcase. So again, he's uninterrupted and he proceeds to say after this, you know, first insult, um, oh, you know, um, um, oh, well, before he said the next thing, um, the two women. You know, the white, older white woman to my left and the um, younger black woman to my right, um, who looks to still be older than me. Um, you know, the white woman says, you know, oh, you know, it's just him. He's a joker. He just, you know, he joked with me. He joked with her, you know. Um, um, it's not you. It, it, it's him. And she kind, she kind of tried to laugh it off. Like, <laughs> this is just a joke. <laughs> don't take it seriously. <laughs> it's not meant for you to take it seriously. You know, one of those chestnuts. So she says this to me and then the black chick, you know, before I can say anything, it was so crazy. Cause like, I'm usually a very talkative person, but I was so silent in this situation. And I look over to the black woman and she chimes in and she's like, you know, to my right. And she's like, you know, oh yeah, um, yeah, he, he, he joked with me. And then I look back at him and then I'm thinking to myself, well, bitch, you might do, you know, you might do with that shit. It, it, it don't do for me what it does for you. But before I can again say anything, he proceeds to say, uninterrupted, well, I didn't know if he was one of, my, one of my baby mamas or something. And I, my head went back. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if you were going to ask me for money or something. And my head went back <laughs> further. And then he, uh, he says, um, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know if you were going to uh, ask me for something for free or something. And my head could go no further like there i would have killed myself (laughs) so at one point it gets to the point where and and i'm looking after he says his last thing and i'm looking at both of the women and i'm thinking to myself did he do all this with you and they're looking back and forth between me and him like uh uh-oh you know and I still proceeded to order something from him. I was being very gracious that day. Like, you can't even, you can't even consider it gracious because, you know, it's disrespectful and you're allowing yourself to be disrespected by continuing to deal with that. So, you know, um, and not calling that out and making a fuss about it. But, you know, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just trying to get to where I was going with no issues. But I end up ordering a beer and I don't recall if I had already specified to him that I wanted a canned beer or what. 
but he comes on to say the last thing, which was, um, yeah, did you need a um, short thing? Did you need a brown paper bag with that beard? And his manager heard him at that point and looked over and basically got the face on and was like, you know, trying to uh, schmooze me and shit like that. And he was like, oh, (laughs) he's just joking. He's a jokester. So and so and so and so. What can I do for you? And he immediately stopped his conversation with the customer he was talking to, the manager, and, and approaches me from behind the bar. And across the bar from him, I'm like, you know, what was he joking when he said this, that, and the third? And I go on to say all the things he just said to me. And the dude is slowly, actually fairly quickly, starting to get nervous and turn red and realize that he fucked up. And he joked around with the wrong black chick. And um, the manager's eyes just get bigger and bigger as I'm telling him everything that this dude just said to me. And the customers are just sitting there like, "Mm," you know, the two ladies or whatever. And um, what do you call it? Um, with my empty stool in between them that I never sat in. And so the manager's eyes are, you know, bulging out of his head. And um, he offers me a free drink. And, you know, my silly ass goes out because I was, you know, desperate for a cigarette and um, my beer. And I go out with the free, you know, little fucking plastic cup of beer to go drink and um, smoke a cigarette not too far from there. And then I think about it a little bit more. And then I call my mom and I'm like, you know, should I go back in there? I feel like I should go back in there. And she's like, no, you definitely should. And I was like, okay. So I go back in and I'm recording. I have the... Um, manager meeting me at the threshold basically he's you know trying to smooth me again you know get me to forget all about it and um you know um I basically asked him to speak with the uh and he's telling me all these stories about you know racist people this you know I I there was this one guy I knew and you know I just didn't understand why he thought this way you know the thing that people try to do to paint this picture that they're one of you you know they're not racist and they just don't get the racist what what is that anyway and so i demand to speak to uh the gm gm comes over within minutes and um you know even acknowledges that he knows i'm recording and you know he writes down a lot of the stuff that i um told him about the situation and um says he'll be in contact he offers me you know some peanuts basically you know what amounts to peanuts compared to what i'm worth and what i'm due at this point you know and um i asked him to put me in contact with um, the highest people um in command at lambert international airport so within weeks um, for days, I was put in contact when I um, after I touched down in Denver, Colorado, um, and a few more emails between me and uh, Larry. Um, I was put in contact with Tom, um, the uh, senior director of operations with Lambert, and his business partner Dorothy. So 
um, you know, I'm immediately um, told that there's apparently an investigation that's being done. And But then the, um, by the conclusion of this investigation, they basically fired the guy and called it a wrap, Turkey and Swiss. And they expected me to be grateful. Here I am back in St. Louis telling them that I am homeless at the moment, living out of hotels with my mother. And they don't want to assist, you know, who is the wife, a first lady of Ferguson, wife of a representative in Missouri Congress who represents 74th Ward. And you're not going to do something to assuage this woman's situation it's a dire with her mother living in hotel rooms. And you put this woman, your, your facility allowed for this woman to be put through the racist torment and emotional distress and hell that was that situation. You're not even gonna offer anything. At the very least, some free tickets. Not that I needed them or would have accepted that trash. They didn't offer me anything. Even when I made an ask, they didn't even counter. So I am pursuing my options. If there's any moral to this episode, I'd say it's that we need to fight for our rights, you know? At the end of the day, I mean, Buell and May fought for her rights, you know? I mean, here's a black woman, a Libra, by the way, (laughs) I must mention, who fought against the KKK uh, when it comes to um, what they did to her son, you know, choked him, beat him, strangled him, um, slashed his throat, um, hanged him from a tree. Things that are still happening to black young men in uh, all over the country in places like Ferguson, you know? She won $7 billion, Pula May Donald. You know? And the $7 million, the judgment against the defendants of guilty did not bring her son back, but you know what it did? It bankrupted the KKK. The only way these monsters seem to understand what we mean is when we take them to task over their coffers, what's in their wallets, the pockets. It's the only way. And it's the only way to make sure that racism and terrorism is not funded. It's one of the only ways, you know? So, you know, I've, I've sued a former employer for discrimination and I want a settlement. I got a settlement, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you know, I'm not, this is my first rodeo. I'm not an expert, I'm not a lawyer, although I am about to take the bar or study for it. But moral fight.